Hello, everybody, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Tyler Matheson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with CEOs, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, recorded at CNBC's live events. And today we bring you a conversation about black businesses in America, the unique challenges that black business owners face during this pandemic and more broadly. You'll hear from Shelley Willingham. She's the founder and CEO of the Douglas Alexandra Agency. That's a digital marketing and strategy firm. And Terry Williams. She's the president and COO of One United Bank, the country's largest black-owned bank. They spoke to my colleague Rahel Solomon at CNBC's Small Business Playbook event on August 12, 2020. Take a listen. There was some, some really important research out a few weeks ago, last week actually, from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York that I hope that you two ladies can um, weigh in on and we can just sort of jump off of that. So the brief found that Black-owned firms have been almost, have been closed, likely to shutter almost twice as much as some of their peers, uh, stating that these firms had weaker financial cushions, weaker bank relationships and pre-existing funding gaps. And that's even prior to COVID-19 and COVID-19 that exacerbated these issues and that businesses in the hardest hit communities have huge disparities in access to federal relief funds and a higher rate of business closures. It's not just theoretical. We've seen other research uh, actually showing that within the the months of COVID that we were hardest hit between, I believe, February and May, 41% of all business closures were businesses owned by Black and people of color, Black people and people of color. So it's, it's an alarming statistic. It's an alarming research. Uh, but what's your reaction to that first, ladies? Um, yes, it is. It is alarming. Um, and to some degree, uh, I think we all expected it, unfortunately, given COVID. Um, and, you know, the reality is that uh, we created the most businesses from the last recession. That's something that's not known. We created over a million businesses since 2008 and the last recession. The growth of jobs came from from black businesses, um, from women-owned businesses, as opposed to from white businesses. Um, but as we know um, exactly what you said, we tend to not have uh, the cushion um, or the banking relationships um, that we need in these times, during these times. And we, we saw that with the uh, Paycheck Protection Program um, that the first round, very few of our businesses were financed because we didn't have those relationships. Um, that's why when United Bank, we stepped in uh, to offer PPP because on the second round, because we could see that a lot of our businesses were not getting financed and we wanted to make sure that that didn't happen in the second round. But yes, it, it is unfortunate, um, but I also wanna say I'm optimistic. So hopefully we'll get to that in the discussion because I see some bright signs as well. And so Shelly, as a business owner yourself, and for everyone watching, then how do you move forward from that? How do you move forward from this? I think we all have to be very open to pivoting. And as entrepreneurs, you know, we're used to trying to ride the bike as we fix it at the same time. But now that's even more important in the midst of COVID and everything that's going on. So um, to Terry's point about banking relationships, that is one thing that a lot of small businesses and black businesses struggle with is having those relationships and having access to that capital when something like this happens. So it's so important to have a relationship with a business banker. And even if it's just going in and introducing yourself and maybe you don't have a lot of money to put in the bank, that's okay. 
but build the relationships so that when times do come that you need support, you already have that relationship in place. And really looking at what you can do to serve your customer base. What are their needs right now? Um, I had a client that uh, makes custom wigs. And so when all this happened, nobody wanted wigs. But what she did was she started making masks and head wraps. And so that's been able to sustain her through um, a lot of what's been happening with COVID. Another uh, client that was a photographer and nobody's getting, you know, she's not doing weddings, she's not doing those things, but she got really creative and she can actually do a photo shoot with you if you have an iPhone through the computer. Um, so it's being creative, thinking about different ways you can better, you can better serve your clients, um, finding out what their needs are and being comfortable with making that shift. We know this is not gonna last forever, it's not. So, but right now we've got to get creative and be comfortable being a little bit uncomfortable with maybe doing what we have to do to, to keep the lights on, right? <laughs> yeah, I think the pivot, right? That's that's always so important. Mm-hmm. That's something that's really interesting that uh, business owners should focus on developing relationships with their bankers. To that end, are all banks created equal? I mean, if you go to your, I won't name a big bank, but if you go to your nearby insert big bank here and that banker doesn't look like you and doesn't understand the market for the products that you make are all banks and all bankers created equal or is there more specificity about the type of banking relationships and banks that you should be looking to bank with so um the answer to your question is no banks are not all created equal um and i also think that there's been uh, a history of racism in banking and so we need to just be upfront and blunt about that um um, a lot of uh businesses actually thought that they had a relationship with uh the large national banks and when ppp came along they were surprised that they didn't uh they didn't get money in the first round um, and, you know, part of that is because the large banks do tend to focus on large customers. And so I recommend that people have a relationship with a community bank or a black owned bank, but a bank that, you know, where their business is actually important and significant as opposed to these large banks that are really uh, built to cater to large customers. So that, that's one thing. Um, the second is, uh, regardless of your bank, um, one of the things that we also found with, uh, with our businesses, I say our as in black businesses, is that uh, it's a very important to have your documentation or, you know, I call it your house in order. Because even for the businesses that once we started to offer the PPP, uh, we found that we couldn't help as many businesses as we wanted to because they didn't have their documentation in order. And when I say documentation, I mean, articles of incorporation, uh, tax documents. Um, a lot of times, a lot of us want to, we incorporate uh, even though there's no need. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, the idea of having a corporation is okay if you, it is necessary, I would say, in some instances, especially if you have a lot of employees. But if you're really uh, self-employed or only have a few employees, you might want to look at some alternative structures uh, like an LLC or, or something of that nature um, because the paperwork is not as intense and by having your paperwork in order regardless of the bank um, you can be better served so it is the bank but it is also as a community we really do need to focus on our back office you know what I say is we're really good at the front you know we're really good at selling uh, but we really need to get better at the back office 
Circling back to PPP funding, if your loan has been denied, is there any recourse or do you have any sort of alternative options? I mean, what do you do if you're listening to this and you say, I tried, I got denied? Yeah. So, um, no, there isn't really a lot of recourse. Um, the, the PPP uh, program, I hate to you know use that last P, but um, the SBA had very specific documentation that was needed and there was no sort of negotiation about that. And so it didn't really lend itself to um, circumstances where someone had to give an explanation. Like you just had to have specific documents. They had to say a specific thing. And it was really a yes or no answer. And you, you in most cases, you would get that yes or no, no answer from any bank. What we did find is that a lot of businesses actually did qualify, but didn't get funded in the first round. And so the, the bank didn't say no, they just didn't say anything. <laughs> and then when the second round came around, we were able to fund them or they got funding from their previous, you know, the previous bank that they applied with but they, you know, the bankers gave it to the large companies and there wasn't enough left for us. Um, so I would say there's no recourse, um, but sometimes it, it is important to ask the institution, the bank that you're with, you know, why didn't you get approved so that you can address those issues? Perhaps moving forward, okay. Yeah. Um, Ali, I wanna ask you something as a marketing expert you know, one thing that I'm encouraged by is, at least from what I see in my social media circles and amongst my friends, is that there is a focus right now to shop black yeah. uh, as much as possible. And Terry, I know that that's a, uh, an issue that you're also very passionate about. Yeah. But on the flip side, if you're a business owner of color, how do you make your company more visible so people know that um, it's, it's a black business? How do, you, how do you sort of enhance your visibility? to take advantage of that shop black theme right now. Absolutely. Um, this is such a great opportunity right now. And what I always tell clients and small business owners is marketing should be a line item in your budget. It's not something that you do if you have a couple, you know, you have some money left over at the end of the month. It should be part of what you do to run your business. And so now you have so many eyes open and ears open and eager and ready to spend make sure that your message is resonating with your target audience. So you're going to hear me say target audience a lot probably in this conversation because it's so important to know who you're talking to. Be authentic. Um, a lot of times with black businesses, you know, there have been times when maybe we didn't want a company to know that we were owned by it was a black owned business because that might prevent us from getting the business. And, you know, that's, that's a very, that's reality. That's happened a lot, but now, you know, it's different, right? So embrace who you are as a, as a company, show up, show up and be present, be bold about talking about what you believe in, what your values are. And those are the types of people that you will attract to you as well, but make marketing a priority and marketing is not getting a bunch of likes, on social media or buying people to follow you on social media to say you have 100,000 followers, which is a vanity metric. Unless it translates to dollars, it doesn't mean anything, right? You can't put likes in the bank. So really being deliberate about what you're doing, who you're focused on, who you're targeting, what your message is saying, and making sure that your offer resonates with, with your audience. But being present is crucial. You can't post once on social media and not post again. Um, you can spend money on ads with, uh, with social media. It's very 
um, cost effective right now. You can really reach a nice targeted audience with a social media ads that is will save you that's a lot more cost effective than trying to run, say, a radio ad or a television ad. So really looking at marketing as a way to pivot out of the situation you may be in. You can start with social media ads for $25. I mean, so you can do something, but it really is important to be present and be clear about what your message is and who your target audience is. I want to talk really quickly about um, funding both. I saw a stat that um, I thought was really troubling that uh, black business owners are more likely to use their own personal credit cards to finance professional cash shortages. Um, and, and Terry, I direct this question to you, perhaps, and, or Shelly, jump in as well. What are some perhaps alternative sources of funding that people uh, may not know about that they could consider moving forward? So um, one of the things I'll say, and I, I say this for One United, but really all black businesses, is that in addition to being a business owner, it's really important that we, we are also activists. Um, and, and I say that because uh, the reality is that we are not, black businesses are not getting the funding that we deserve. <laughs> that private equity is not investing in black businesses, that banks are not lending to black businesses, and that we really do need to advocate for more funding. Um, and this is both a national issue, but it's also a local issue. Um, you know, one of the things I would say is join the chamber, um, particularly if there's a black chamber in your community, and to work with that chamber to advocate for more alternative funding um, for black businesses. Um, those avenues are like in the, in the cities that we're in. Um, so we're, you know, One United is everywhere. Um, but we also have offices in Miami, which is where I am at the moment, and Boston and LA. And in all three of those markets, we're involved with organizations that are really promoting alternative funding for Black businesses. And what I mean by that are lend, uh, loans that have uh, better terms, um, that have less requirements, uh, because the reality is that uh, we haven't been funded all these years, and we do need different terms and requirements in order to get approved for loans. Um, the other thing I just want to point out, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but not, uh, not just for funding, but we also need to look at contracts. All uh, ethnicities have built their businesses on municipal contracts. If you look at the history of whether it's the Irish or the, you know, all the different, you know, groups that have come to America, they built their communities and their businesses on municipal contracts first. Most of our municipalities are not giving enough funding, enough contracts rather, to black businesses. And that's a source of business for us. It is also a source of funding because if you have a municipal contract, it's a lot easier to get funding to support it. I want to ask an audience question and also ask and encourage anyone who's watching to continue sending questions as we start to uh, ask these questions. So the question is, can you comment on Facebook, PayPal and other commitments to minority owned businesses that we've seen recently? We've certainly um, it's certainly become the thing right now for a lot of companies to pledge their support um, for black owned businesses. And that's that's encouraging. Um, but as a black owned as a black business owner, how do you take advantage of that? So Facebook, um, they have several grants that they have put into place for small business owners. Um, a lot of other businesses have as well. You just kind of have to do your research and find out what's out there and what people are willing to do. 
Um, to Terry's point though about the funding, another way to look at getting alternative funding would be crowdsourcing or crowdfunding and looking, looking at some of those alternatives and ways to, to galvanize your community around you. Um, and then to Terry's point earlier too about paperwork and making sure that our house is in order. You know, looking at investors, there are a lot of funds that want to invest in African American and black owned businesses, but you gotta have your house in order like Terry said. So do you have the appropriate licenses and um, certificates and all of, you know, do you have everything in order the way that it needs to be so that you can go after those types of funds. So that's so important to growing your business is to making sure that everything is in place. And even for those grants that I mentioned that a lot of these businesses are offering, they're still gonna want to know um, that you're a legitimate business you know maybe your your business started off as a side hustle and that's okay but we can't always treat it like a side hustle we have to treat it like a business and look for it. What, what is it that we're trying to do where are we trying to go and making sure that we have this processes in place to be able to to move forward in times like this and to that point one I think the two important themes that I've heard thus far is have your house in order so you know, if there's another round of PPP funding, you're in place so that you can sort of jump on that, but also develop strong relationships, which brings me to another question from a viewer. So how do you develop a better relationship with the banks? The turnover ratio of personal bankers seems so high, it makes it hard to sustain long-term relationships. Any suggestions? Yeah, um, so I think first of all, just being conscious of the fact that you do need to have that relationship. I, I agree with Shelly on that, that having that relationship is important and being conscious of it. And as, you know, you're right. I mean, there is a lot of turnover, but as, you know, employees turn over um, to, to develop a relationship with the new, you know, the new manager in town. Um, so I, I, I think it just requires, you know, work and focus. Um, but I also, again, I can't, I can't emphasize chambers. Um, and I know, you know, sort of in the old days, people didn't focus on, you know, chambers of commerce. And they, you know, people even tell me they have sort of negative views of chambers. But there are a lot of black chambers that um, are really good at advocating for the businesses in their community. Um, and so I think it's not just you having a personal relationship with a banker. It's also you having a relationship with an organization. I mean, it could, I'm, I'm saying a chamber, it could also be, you know, whatever active uh, civil rights organization, it could be the NAACP, they have a whole economic arm. It could be the Urban League, but find the organization in your community that is actively, um, that is being actively uh, pursuing business for black businesses. And, to, and I will also say, if, it, if it's not in your community, then start it. Uh, because it, it really does matter. It needs more than uh, any one of us individually in order to make this work. So I think you ladies are both hitting on a really important point that whether it's banking relationships or other relationships with your peers, it really comes down to relationships, which brings me to the next point, which is when as a business owner, do you start to look for a mentor? So mentorship has been just personally speaking, really important in my own life. You know, I had been looking for a job in television for quite some time when it was actually a fellow African-American woman who personally called me up and gave me my first job in television. She's now my mentor, my sister, a confidant. And so I sometimes think, had she not given me that shot, could that have made a difference in my career? And so mentorship is something that's really important to me. Um, for people listening, at what point do you start to think, I might benefit from having a mentor? I think right away. I think once yeah, day one. Yeah. <laughs> you want yeah. to do. Find that person that's doing what you want to do. 
and see if they can help you do it. You know, I feel like, you know, Kamala Harris has a quote, and I may mess this up, but she says her mother told her, you might be the first of many things, but make sure you're not the last. And so those of us that have accomplished a certain level of success, I feel like have a responsibility, especially in our communities. And so reach, again, relationships, right? We keep going back to that. Building the relationships, shooting somebody a quick LinkedIn message or, um, you know, just asking for help. A lot of times people are more than willing to do that. There is a um, organization called Micro Mentors, uh, micromentor.org, I believe. And there are people that um, entrepreneurs, successful business owners that will donate their time to help people with different questions and different ideas that they may have. But definitely using your resources, networking, the chambers, like Terry mentioned, are great. Um, but you got to get out there. You got to keep networking. This is really a time to build those connections and make them strong. But just ask, just ask. And if you're in a position to mentor someone, I encourage you to, to reach out, reach back and pull somebody up with you. Great points. And Terry, I want to get in one more question. We've been given the two-minute warning. So uh, this question is from Darian. What is the climate to raise funds from investors right now? We were looking to do our seed round before COVID hit. I hit a pause on that, but I plan to re-engage with investors shortly. So what's the climate like right now? Yeah. So there definitely is a lot of interest in Black businesses right now. Um, and, you know, we're really proud to have played a role in that and really focusing our community on buying black, banking black. Um, and, you know, we had this blackout day um, where basically the community was galvanized to support black owned businesses and saw a huge surge. Uh, we, Wayne Night Bank has experienced a huge surge. We doubled our customers uh, over the past couple of months. Um, Congratulations. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, there definitely is a lot of interest in black businesses right now. Um, and for that reason, if you are at the stage of needing financing, now may be a, a very good time to seek financing. You know, you got to strike when the iron's hot. You got to sell when they're buying. So I, I would recommend if you're ready to, to really look for investors today. And then I want to give you both a, a moment for a final thought we have about 90 seconds left. So uh, any thoughts that you want to share with our viewers? I would just like to tell anybody that's out there and your business has taken a hit and it is tough and you're struggling that you will get through this. I, from the, my first business, I lost everything that I own, everything. And not rich people broke down to my last hundred thousand. I was down to nothing and had to rebuild from nothing. So stay focused. It will, this will turn around, this will pass, and just do what you can just to get through it and know that you will come out better on the other side. And I wanna piggyback on what Shelly said about pivoting. Like now is the time to pivot. Um, you know, the internet offers a great uh, opportunity for all of us to expand our businesses by doing things online. Um, and, and then also just to be optimistic. I, you know, I say my favorite song is, is actually optimistic by sounds of blackness. And so I'd say, you know, find your song that really um, gets you to really focus on the future because the future is bright. We just have to pivot. That was Terry Williams, president and COO of One United Bank, the country's largest black-owned bank. She was joined by Shelley Willingham, CEO and founder of the Douglas Alexandra Agency. They spoke to my colleague Rahel Solomon at CNBC's Small Business Playbook event on August 12th. Our thanks to them. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. For more information about upcoming CNBC events and how you can join us, visit CNBCEvents.com. I'm Tyler Matheson. Thanks for listening. <laughs>